0: Quando sono, è solo l'orizzonte mancano le parole. Sì, che non c'è luce in una stanza quando manca il sole. tra
1: father, il mio cuore che hai acceso
0: dentro me la luce
2: bars i had to start it you know um makes you feel real good to listen to you know what's up chris
1: i just gmgm GM, stacky i just wish I, one i had a set of pipes like that guy <laughs> the the most beautiful singing i've ever heard in real life oh my god uh, was actually in in Prague. Uh-huh. i didn't get to you know i haven't seen this guy but uh, <laughs> say, somebody singing ave maria in spanish Holy shit! It still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And secondly, uh, I just wanted you to hum a little louder because I could hear you humming a little bit <laughs> along with the song, and I'm like, she's got it going on. <laughs> I bet she, I bet she can crush that thing. <laughs>
2: yeah, probably. I don't know. I used to be in musicals back in the day, so we'll see.
3: You know, Stack, see? Stacky can sing. She sings from time to time when there's music pumping on here, and she's she's got a voice. She she can blow. She's yeah. Good. Uh, yeah when,
1: sure. when, st- I- when Stacky opera. I'm oh my saying,
2: goodness! Uh, dr- uh, probably inebriated in NFT NYC. sometime. you know, we should do uh, karaoke. I'm down for it. <laughs> Video or it didn't happen. Uh. <laughs> right, I so that
3: wasn't Steve. I thought that was Steve.
4: What Steve? What that you were playing earlier?
3: Where quite the falsetto, the falsetto. That's yeah, <laughs> it like, that, that sounds. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like that, that was so, Steve like, thing. Steve came out with an album or something? Like what's going on? I
2: don't no, know.
3: my my music is entirely uh, of the piano variety. If if you can hear it, I could play oh, something if if someone I love would piano. want. I'm
2: a, I'm a, a music uh, groupie. So what's
3: up? Can you can you can you hear if I play or do I need? to, I could turn it up. It's actually a uh. It's what like. Hold on. Listen. Can you hear this? Um, Yeah. Does that sound like anything? Yeah, Rocket. What? Does that sound like
1: anything? Yeah. So it's
3: Cheers. Let's hear it, Elton. That was just just a random, like... uh... That sounded like Cheers. That definitely sounded like Cheers. That's so funny that it did. I didn't even... I wasn't even doing it on purpose. I don't know. What do we want? Do we want a... uh... I'll turn it up a little bit so you can hear it a little better. I think for
4: every Fashion Friday, if you could do the Cheers intro.
3: I've I've never played Cheers before. I didn't do that on purpose. No, that wasn't even... That was just, like, a chord that I like to play from, like... I write a lot of songs in that key. That's like my favorite
2: what? key. This is, what? What yeah. the hell is this? I never knew this. I need. Is that of
3: I actually, I don't even know. I play by ear. I never had lessons. Oh god! Um, and like, you're a like... prodigy?
2: What the
1: hell? You were. What? Can you hear? Yes. Yeah. Oh, we can hear. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah.
3: Uh, All right. I need to, like, mess up so you know I'm not, like, fucking with you. And there's actually some here. Hold on. We could try it here. Let's try, um, let's try, like, we'll, we'll do a song I wrote so nobody can actually duplicate it. Okay. Wrote the song for my wife.
2: Oh, my goodness, I'm about to cry over here. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I, I, I like, I have a whole bunch of different, like, I write songs, yeah, I've written some, I've written a, a few songs on piano, I kind of play by ear, um, just depending on the, uh, I don't know, so I've I've got like a whole, uh, I don't know.
2: This is some genius shit, you know, people can't, like, my fingers don't even move on a piano like that, like, I can't,
3: it's, it's impossible for my fingers to do certain movements, like, The part that scares me is I think at one day I'm just, like, I swear to God, like, I have this terrifying thought that one day I'll lose it because when I'm playing a song, a lot of times when I'm figuring out a song, like, the other day I randomly was like, you know what I want to play? I want to figure out how that Richard Marks song goes, like, really famous one from the 80s, and, like, it just, like, I swear to God this is going to sound very strange. It just sort of happens, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know how my hands know where they're going to go next. So it's actually very strange. And I have this like terrifying thought um, that it's just all going to fall apart. And I'm just going to lose it one day. Cause like, there's no rhyme or reason to how it happens. It just sort of like happens. And so like, I just worry, like, I won't like the songs I wrote. Everything will just completely, for- except for the song, like a couple songs I wrote for my wife. I feel like I'll never forget, but I feel like one, I just won't be able to play songs.
2: Yeah, you know, I have, I think I have that superpower in another way though. I'm like that with math. I don't know how I get to the answer, but it gets, I get there. You know, no clue. Teachers used to be like, well, how did you get that answer? I'm like, no, I don't know. You know, so uh, I don't know. This is some weird magical superpower stuff, I guess. Some part of our brain that people don't tap into.
3: It, it's way, uh, your math is way more useful than my shitty piano doodles. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I would take that all day. It, it,
2: Hell no, that's, you know, people were considered like geniuses for doing that shit,
3: like back in the day. You know, that's was genius level. A, I was stuff. born 200 years too late, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's it's really cool. But it's cool, cause actually the piano we own, so this is like an interesting like fact. So we got it from this uh this like local piano place and the guy who owns it is blind. And we didn't know it and we walked in, he was talking to us and we're like, just kind of looking at it, we're like, this guy's not really looking us in the eyes, everything okay? And then we realized like he was blind and he can just rip on piano. And it was, it, so that was like super impressive, number one. And then we were buying pianos and I really wanted to buy like a, like a real legit like piano with like the whole, like the strings that get struck by like a mallet. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, this piano, I could sell you that and it's more expensive. This piano is less expensive. He's like, but it's actually electric. I'm like, I don't want an electric piano. It's like a fancy keyboard. He's like, I just sold, he's like, like, he's like I just sold like 24 of these to like, fucking some I forget what it was like Carnegie Mellon or something because they use these as their practice pianos these like because you never need to tune them they can actually play different types and it sounds exactly the same so like it sounded probably like I was playing a very real piano but I'm not cuz I like turn it off and it's electric and I the dude was so right it saved us like a thousand bucks or something and I never have to tune it and it sounds like just like a normal piano so I don't know it's fun I just like yeah I usually just have a few cocktails and then and then rip on it and uh yeah it's fun and my daughter's good but she won't stick to her lessons in practice which makes me sad
2: um <laughs> no you just basically told everybody that you're like some kind of uh piano genius so I'm no. <laughs> yeah you're yeah all right you are <laughs> who who are you
3: yeah Hi. i did i do a lot of good random stuff like random piano i can usually like piano I, actually any instrument uh, true story uh any instrument i can usually pick up and play like even my i swear my son had a um my or my daughter had a octopus that had like horns in like the arms when she was a baby and i could play like four songs on it because like i can generally pick up like any sort of musical instrument and sort of figure out how to play whether it's like you feel like the right type of glasses with water or you give me like the a thing at the park that you can play chimes on or a flute or a clarinet or I'm not great at woodwinds. Like my woodwind ability is below average, but like, act, I was, um, I was uh my freshman year of, of high school actually. So this is the nerdiest thing in the world. I played trumpet my whole life. And when I was in like fifth grade, I was, uh, I had a cornet at the time and I was like the fifth cornet cause I didn't try very hard. And then I got so pissed that people were in front of me that I practiced. I took private lessons. I worked really hard to the point where by the time I was a freshman in high school, the senior who was the first chair, he was a senior that year was the principal's son. And I still got first chair in all the solos over that guy, even though it was the principal's son. And he'd been the first chair for like a couple of years. Cause I like, I, I bodied him so bad when we tried out. Um, so like, I always took it like really, really seriously. Yeah. I can, I can play the recorder. <laughs>
1: I'm dying. <laughs> the background He's like my woodwind
4: <laughs> abilities are just average. I can play the piano. So those of you that are just joining us for Fashion Friday, if you didn't feel bad enough about yourself already, knowing that Steve's uh, uh, penned the first article on on the, in the Harvard, Business I was about United to say, teams, like, <laughs> it's like he also plays the piano. He's a composer uh, as well.
2: Where do we find these people, Steve? Steve, like you're a genius for real.
3: That's nice of you to say. Like I, 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 I like I'm not just like. Trying to like, oh, you're being humble. I really don't feel like that. um But no, I just, I don't know. It's just something I like to do. Like piano is where I found like a lot of like, it's it's super. I don't know, therapeutic playing. But let's talk, you, let's, let's let's we can change we can change the subject. We can have, we see what you're No, Chani you got
2: questions now. No, too late, Steve. You got questions from people. guys because I'm, I'm I'm just as befuddled as. Well, then
3: are. let me tell one more one more story. Then if we're going to go on this ahead, go one ahead. more story. So my friend, <laughs> my my senior year of high school, we have this talent show where there's like I don't know. And this is apropos, this feels good because I'm taking my wife. I'm wearing no NFT clothes for the first time in a while. I'm taking my wife out to like a nice tasting menu dinner tonight thing, Aww. and and um yeah, her birthday was this week, and and so we did that. Um and uh we um when we were seniors in high school, because we started dating when we were 16, we never broke up. We dated through college. We went to the same college. We moved across the country together. Like we never had a long distance relationship. It was always kind of tight. In my senior year. Um, she came to a talent show at our school and I don't remember what I told her I was playing. I don't think she knew, or I gave her like too much uh, detail on it, but she thought I was just playing some pop culture song at the time. And when she showed up, um, to do it and I got introduced, I had uh, a couple of guys give her, uh, flowers and bring her down to the piano bench to sit next to me. And she found out right then that I actually wrote her a song. Um, you know, so I sat there and played it in in front of you know 400 500 people so it was fun so and there's pictures of it that we, we were able to capture so I have a picture of it um from when I played at the talent show so uh that's like way back in the year of like 2001 uh the early aughts so yeah so that was like that's a that's a piano, fun piano story that I think a lot of people weren't um were expecting something else so that was kind of fun but anyway yeah so that's that's I, I, love, I like I like I like the music I'm a big fan of like you know, music in general and instruments. And that's why I listen. People always judge me. Like, they'll be like, you listen to country. I'm like, I listen to country. I listen to hip hop. I listen to classical, I listen to everything except really, really angry screaming death metal. And it's just cause I like music and how it's composed. And like, I'll listen for like the background and, the, and like the way that the rhythm, you know, strikes and everything. My biggest regret is that I didn't play drums first because if you start with like drum kit and percussion, you can do everything because that is the straw that serves the drink. So I always said my kids were going to do that, but they just never had interest. So I want them to do what they love. But anyway, that's fun
2: funny that's fact enough. about me is that I, I self-taught the drums like early on. So I can actually play the drums. Now, I, I haven't played it in a while, though. My my dad used to play the drums in church, at his church. So yeah, so that's funny fact about me. My daughter plays the drums, too.
3: But um, yeah. that, that's so good that she does that's that. It, drum though. drums. Drums are awesome. That's
1: it. Yeah. Drums <laughs> are awesome. drums
3: are drums are so like that is that is the key to like every single like I mean, if like that's always my right people are like, oh, my kids are interested in music. I'm like, get them on a drum kit first. Don't don't do any other instrument because a drum kit will, will lead to everything else. That's awesome. You and your and, and your daughter can do that.
2: Yeah, I don't do the the Even though you say that I cannot my fingers do not move uh, in the right direction for a piano. And I told you guys my story about the guitar, so that's another story. But let's get to some hands because they got questions for you. This is uh, this has become Fashion Friday. Uh, interview Steve
5: at this point. What's up, Janie?
2: Hey, Valerie. Just want to say hi to you. But go ahead, Janie. Hey.
5: Hello. Um, I just want to say, first of all, don't start Janie in the house. <laughs> but um, I was cracking up, Steve. I think you need to make a Fashion Fridays jingle. And um, I felt like you were calling my name because I don't know if I've talked about this. I mean, I am dots in the space, but I went to Carnegie Mellon and I was like, is Steve shitting on my school? Because, you know, we got bagpipes and division three schools and people driving around robots and actors walking around barefoot and business people on the hustle and grind. So I was just cracking up because uh, Steve, you make me laugh. <laughs>
2: Oh okay, Robbie, go ahead. Request that, Robbie. Where where did they go? To, he's uh, the person was blind and they played the piano too. Let me say, I have a song. Who typed typed that for that person? All right, I hope they come back. But go ahead, go ahead, Chris.
1: Hello. Hey, Stacky. Right. Um, yeah, Steve. Uh, this is totally unfair for you. Just to have the first and everything, and be able to play. Uh, the piano sell well without any lessons and I can't carry a tune in a five gallon bucket. So, uh, but I, I doubled down on what Janie said. You definitely have to write like a, a uh, fashion Friday jingle. I don't know what that sounds like, but definitely got to happen.
3: I, mean, my, my, uh, I was going to say, I can, I, I guess what I have to figure out what the vibe is. We're going for number one. And number two, um, something that's, um, you know, a uh, true, like, true story also about the no lessons thing. It came up one time in Twitter, and uh, my buddy Drew Crit called bullshit on me, tagged my brother uh, uh, in a tweet, and was like, tell me if this is true or not. And my brother's like, we'll call my mom and report back, not sure, don't remember him taking lessons, but want to make sure. Um, because actually, the way I got a piano— was my friend Aaron? He's like a varsity athlete, like runner-up prom king. Like went to school, college, to play soccer and stuff. And um, he um, he had a piano in his house. And when I would go over there, when I was in like first, second, and third grade and stuff, I would just start like figuring out like basic stuff, like the Rocky song or the song from like Halloween or whatever. And I'd start messing around. And his 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 parents were like. This is our aunt's piano, like literally had like cigarette stains in it or something like that, that they gave me. She's like, they're like, do you want this? Because where our kids have zero talent and aren't going to play it. Now, granted, these kids were like super athletes that played like college sports, but they're like, they're not going to touch the piano. So my parents who like, I, I probably couldn't have even like afforded or wouldn't have used the money to get the piano at the time, got this gifted to us. And for years, I just like would walk up to it and play it in our house. Um... And uh, for, first song I ever performed in front of people is November rain because that song slaps and has a lot of good piano stuff with the, with a with band but um yeah that's how it ended up um, ended up happening there's a directional reason for that so, oh yeah because drew drew challenged me and he asked my brother my brother called my mom she did confirm no lessons so uh, it is not uh, it, is, it is in it is in Twitter it is out there uh, the truth has been told because a couple of people are like no you took lessons I'm like no I don't hence why I don't just like pick up a piece of music and run through it even though I can read it it's just I have to, like, hear something and try around until I want to play it. So, anyway, that's but that's another story. This is, this is supposed to be about fashion.
2: This is g- g- genetic lottery right here. <laughs> uh, what's up, Valerie? Hello, darling.
6: Hey, I don't know why I couldn't. The My screen wasn't working. Anyway, um, yeah, Clubhouse Archives wanted me to come in and talk about a story, if that's okay. Yes, anytime. Go ahead, Valerie. Yeah, so Louis Vuitton got hit with a cease and desist, which uh, you know I'm always happy about since they gave me a brain injury. Um, The Joan Mitchell Foundation is threatening to sue Louis Vuitton because they're using one of their artist's works in uh, one of their campaigns. And um, Louis Vuitton had previously reached out to this artist multiple times, like, can we please use your work? Can we please use your work? We really want you, like, in our campaign uh, just, it's in the background of the campaign, but it's like highly featured. It's basically this model with three works, uh, by this artist in the campaign. And, um, the artist, you know, the the foundation said, no, like, we don't allow that. That's not like, we don't use, have commercial campaigns like that. Um, and so Louis Vuitton, uh, uh, they said the foundation said Louis Vuitton subsequently used without authorization at least three works by Mitchell that are currently on view at Foundation Louis Vuitton, a private Paris gallery owned by L- LVMH. So they have the the works in there like they have the works right now. I don't believe that they own them. You know how like with galleries, you just have things on show. So I, I don't believe that they're... um they're actually belonging to louis vuitton i think if they they actually own them it would be a little bit more complicated but they are on view in their property uh so louis vuitton owns this gallery and they shot this campaign at their gallery but they don't have permission to utilize the work in this in this campaign and um and they've been hit with the cease and desist and the artist is getting what's theirs which um feels good i think that you know it's it's nice to see artists um getting uh a little bit of an upper hand against these big companies
4: yeah it's interesting it's not it's not just like in the you know like almost like blurred or in the background obscure um it's it's actress uh leah Sado literally in front of this where the entire artwork basically becomes the, I mean, it is the background. So it's, it's not even like slightly noticeable. Like You notice that before you notice anything else um, because of the color scheme and what it is. And it's a Monet, um, which is like, yeah, it's just, it's just very odd that they would, I guess, do this without permission. Um, so it's, it's kind of crazy. I, I don't understand what, what the, what the deal is, or is this the, or no, actually it's Mitchell's art that was paired with Monet, I guess in the exhibition and they just happened to use one of theirs in the background during this whole thing. So that's just kind of crazy that, uh, that they would do it, but kudos for, for, so is the, is there going to be some sort of compensation for this?
6: Um, So I don't believe there's been a lawsuit yet. I don't believe anyone has decided to sue anyone yet, but it seems like it's in the works as um, you know, I think that you have to really, dot your I's and cross your T's when you go up against Louis Vuitton. Um, I know that from personal experience, um, had a lawsuit with Louis Vuitton for my brain injury. They are not fun. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, they want to do everything right. So sending the cease and desist good first step. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get, um, some money for their foundation
4: yeah, I mean, do you think do you think uh LVMH was just like, you know what? They didn't answer our response to this, just do it and they're not going to want so to sue us the because they don't want to go up against they, us. They have
6: documentation on everything that that this wasn't this wasn't allowed, that like everything has like a trail. So there's a paper trail on everything where they said, "No, we do not approve this. We don't allow like, commercial um th- like the, the works have very uh and, and have historically had like very strict um, rules about how they can be utilized because they fall under this foundation. Um, and so like, this is just a a rule and it doesn't matter if it's Louis Vuitton or any fashion company. Like it's literally, um, part of the rules for this foundation itself is that these works are not to be utilized in a certain way. So it's kind of their policy. Um, And I think that they are very clear on that. And then when they asked for express permission and were denied, um, that was all in writing. And so they do have a a strong paper trail. I think it would be difficult for Louis Vuitton to say, um, you know, to deny that. Uh, I think that the only case they could make is that, you know, they were photographing their own property. But even then... It's it's a bit difficult. I I don't. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm very happy for anyone who tries to sue Louis Vuitton, just because of my history with them.
4: Well, all, all I know is it went to print in the New York Times, so it's out there. It's not as if uh, this was like a you know a digital thing that that can be taken down. Um, it said it was in the print edition, so I think the damage has kind of been done there and. Um, Which means, you know, they can definitely go after them and figure out what kind of compensation um, for this, considering the trail that you mentioned. But That's really intriguing uh, to just see that they just kind of were like, fuck it. (laughs) We're going to go for it and see what happens. Um, Anyway, uh, I saw Janie and Mary Beth's hands both went up. So go ahead, Janie.
5: Yeah, uh, really interesting. Valerie, I have um, one question is, I don't know if you want to share, but what happened with Louis Vuitton, number one? And then um, I had a comment, which was, you know, working in these big corporate companies, um, and I'm not saying that it makes it right or it's wrong. But I just imagine if there was a lack of communication or just a disconnect between whoever is producing that campaign and those who are aware of the legality of the situation. Um, So maybe they weren't made aware that there were certain items that they were not supposed to shoot because they did not have legal rights to produce that or to share that, um, you know, in another form. Because for every single piece of artwork or ad campaign or whatever it is, there's always, you know, usage rights, whether or not it's, you know, at a local level for a country or for global Um, as well as a certain period of time where they're able to use it. And then you have as well, you know, print versus digital versus um, social media. So I just wonder if it was a disconnect. I'm not giving them an excuse, but I mean, it's not appropriate to use artwork that is not yours, especially if legally it was not agreed upon. So I'm just wondering if that was kind of the matter at hand.
7: Yeah,
6: um, so eight years ago, I was working for LVMH. I got a brain injury while I was working for them. Um, Every state is different, and uh, I definitely don't recommend, at least in Pennsylvania, ever getting hurt at work. My lawyer, I I never even thought I would need a lawyer. I was like, this is my family. I love working here. Um, And then I went from an asset to a liability in literally a split second. My whole life changed. And everything, you know, I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to, like, I was walking into walls, falling on my face, and I'm like 25 when this happened. Um, I'm not going to go, like, too far into it, but I had to relearn. They said I'd never read a book again. Like, luckily, I really pushed myself. Um, Just all these things, and I, I wasn't able to work for over a year. I was in, you know, rehabilitation Um, it, it was just terrible and I still have lasting side effects. I'm still always at the neurologist, not always, but like, um, you know, I'm like very, very neurologist is like my BFF. Um, it's, it's just a terrible thing and I've had lasting effects. Uh, LVMH is pretty brutal. Um, they literally tried to say my case was worth $0. Um, I'm, I, this thing happened to me like when i was a teenager and i'm over it um but um i was raped as a teenager and they tried to bring that up and blame my rape uh for my like not being able to walk not being able to like form sentences not being able to remember things and that had happened you know i was 25 at the time when this happened and and being raped several years prior i think it was 6 years before that is not a reason that suddenly those things happen to you. So anyway, I'm sorry for like changing the subject completely, but yeah, um, Louis Vuitton, you never want to get into a lawsuit with them. I ended up, it was such a brutal process that I ended up just settling for a low five figures to get out of the terrible situation that it was. It was like, I just had to stop the process because I couldn't continue it to its full... um, you know, extent, they just, they try to make it hell for you. And, um, yeah, whoever has the guts to continue a lawsuit to its full extent with them is uh, very strong. Um, so I really hope that this company, uh, this foundation is ready for a hell of a battle because, um, they don't do anything halfway and they, they know how to like, like psychologically manipulate you into thinking that you do not have... I don't know how to explain it, but they socially manipulate you. Gaslighting? Yeah, I I would say that. And like they had people following me. Like legally, they were allowed to have people follow me. I still have bad dreams about like being like stalked and like having to close my blinds. And it's just like they leave you with terrible. It's just once you're out of it, you're not even out of it because your brain is just fucked up. But anyway, I'm so I'm like, you know, a happy little person. But, yeah, um, don't don't ever get hurt at work, Uh, no matter where you work. They're all allowed to do that stuff. I just think that Louis Vuitton is known for going very hard in lawsuits. Um, And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons that they have so much money to this day, because they protect
2: themselves very strongly.
4: That's insane. I'm so sorry. sorry, Stacky. Go ahead.
2: No, no, I was about to tell her about, because I'm from Philadelphia, so the Pennsylvania is is terrible with their, their employee laws. It's terrible. Bad. Like, really bad. Yeah,
6: so. they haven't updated, my lawyer said they haven't updated them in, like, over a hundred years, and if I had been mm-hmm. um, not an employee, I would have millions of dollars right now, but because I was an employee, that's how it worked out.
2: Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania, you don't got no rights. <laughs> Just letting you know. But, um... Yeah, Louis Vuitton sucks.
4: Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, that's um that just sounds like they they use their money and their power and most corporations unfortunately fall into that for a variety of reasons. Um and that's that's yeah, that's awful. M- Mary Beth, I saw your hand went down. I don't know if you wanted to add anything on top of that or or uh, if the uh- question was True. Yeah,
8: really quick. Um, First of all, Valerie, thank you for um, sharing your story with us. Um, I know that's really tough to share sometimes, and I'm sorry that happened to you regarding the foundation in louis vuitton i find it very interesting because i was relating to what jenny was saying It's was like okay where was the disconnect obviously goes through like you know the creative process arts department it has to go through legal right before any type of commercial campaign keyword commercial right because this isn't what this wasn't for anything like editorial um and so i was just like no but they run everything through legal right like they have to have some kind of process there and so I was like maybe they just like went for it they're like f it you know and now I'm like oh okay it's a foundation what are they gonna do at most like attempt to settle by donating money it's like you know tax incentive you know for one side and I guess for both sides I don't know but I find it I've I've as Janie was sharing I kind of had second thoughts but um that's I. I just find it odd. I guess the process or lack thereof. Yeah. Of
4: well, that that was my take on it. I'm like, I, I, it it kind of appears that they just like, you know, effort, which is just kind of crazy that that's where we've gotten to um, today. I we're just I see a lot more of that, which is kind of shocking, right? Um, and it's almost as if the legal system has gotten so tough and so expensive that. I don't, You can't prove this, but it's almost as if legal advises like, you know, even if you decide to go forward with this the likelihood that the retribution on this is going to go to a place to where they're fully compensated is low. Um, and that's sad. Right. Because to her point, it's like you can't it gets so expensive at one point that it's like, the you know, pardon the expression. It's probably the wrong one, but the juice isn't worth the squeeze at the end um, because you have to put so much into it. Um, so it's just, that, that's sad. That's, that's That's really really sad
8: sad because it's, it really is just a power money play, right? It's just like, ah, they're not going to be able to afford to fight it. So might as well just go for it, especially against a, 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 you know, 501c4 or something like that, a nonprofit.
4: That, that was kind of always the case, but not really. I just feel like more and more nowadays, I just, I hear this more, like, it's just more often that you just see companies flying in the face of like legally what is illegal but they're just they just know yeah that's that's rough and tough so i'm 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 really sorry that you had to go through that so go ahead steve
3: no i was gonna i was gonna say first of all valerie like similarly thank you for sharing like that's you know awful 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 to hear about and um just i hope i'm sure you are but i hope if, if you know you're incredibly proud of of uh your road to recovery just because to hear something like that is extremely inspirational because I think about how I might handle something like that and not knowing how I would take on, you know, you don't know what you're going to, how you're going to handle a situation like that till you take it on to go through, not just the absolute physical trauma that you recovered from, but the mental trauma that went along with it uh, on top of the mental trauma you had sacked from when you were, uh, when you were younger. So I just, I can't even imagine. So just like, you know, I I hope you're really proud of yourself and, and how you've been shaped by that. So I, I mean, obviously that's something that I take away from that story and I'm always constantly inspired when I meet people in spaces like this and get to, you know, and, and have the opportunity to hear about, you know, those sorts of, um, you know, triumphs of, of, you know, just, you know, how, just, just to live a normal life or quote unquote normal. I, I you know, I hate that term, but it, so I, I want to say that first. And I mean, the other thing just to add on as far as the, um, the, uh, uh, the concept of them not realizing when they hit on a trademark. I mean, I will say I have had some, some legal teams sometimes catch up. I have had some sloppy experiences even on the corporate side though. And I'll give an example that I suppose I'll, I usually don't bring this up because I never want to talk ill of one of my favorite places. But when I was actually at Progressive and we were doing a recruitment marketing campaign, we were working with our internal design team. And they came up with this new brand campaign that we were super stoked about for our employer brand. We sold it all the way up to the CEO. We were like ready to rock. And then we have this conversation where we're like, wait a minute, did anybody legal, legally check on the trademarks on these? Maybe we should do that real quick. We found out that the one that we had sold up, up all the way that we were like getting ready to go public asset with assets with, not only did they somehow miss the legal step there, um, but not only was it being used by another uh, company as a campaign slogan, it was being used as a recruitment marketing campaign slogan. And not only was it being used as a recruitment marketing campaign slogan by another company, that other company was one of our chief competitors. And just the like, and it's not that, you know, anybody, like, it's just there's so many ways that things can fall through the cracks there. And, and look, to, to, to the point that, you know, James and, and, and Mary Beth made, like, absolutely 1,000%, 99% of the time the legal teams catch that. But it, it, sometimes that sort of stuff does slip through the cracks because, like, somebody – isn't sure whose job it is to maybe run that proper and maybe misses it. And, um, you know, it doesn't happen often, but it's possible. I I think probably again, the more likely scenario is that they just figure that they can get away with it by being litigious. Cause I know that a lot of companies do that too. Cause legal people are just like communications people. They give advice and you figure out what level of risk tolerance you're willing to go with. And that happens. Um, But just want to throw out that there is a, you know, somewhat possibility that they just completely fucking biffed up. Like, You know, some of the, you know, campaigns we've seen recently where we're like, how did that make it to, you know, how did that make it to screen or how did that happen? So those things are always possible, but it's, I'd say, less likely uh, based on the evidence. But I just want to throw it out there that I've seen it happen before, and it's kind of shocking that it does, but it it does.
4: Chaney, come on in.
5: Hey, uh, first of all, sorry, just what I was processing, um, Valerie, what you shared, and I know you, I, I Sorry, I'm like stumbling over my words. It's been a long week um, and it's Friday, Fashion Friday. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Valerie, um, I appreciate your vulnerability. And I think um, I just want to say, you know, just echo what, you know, our family here has said, which is that I am incredibly like devastated. It's so terrible what has happened. And I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, And I can't imagine what you've gone through. Uh, On the flip side, though, I did not know this story. And regardless, um, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that like you have been crushing it in this space. And if y'all didn't know a few weeks ago, I think it was a few weeks ago, I actually posted up a pin. Um, Valerie wasn't here, but I told her I was part of her hype squad and I pinned her quote in Vogue Business into the space um, because, you know, we're here as a community to build each other up you know, give each other credit where credit's due, and also just be a part of this movement. And we're here in Web3 because, you know, many of us have experienced both good and bad and the ugly when it comes to corporate, and we want things to hit differently. So Valerie Queen, I just want to say you are freaking crushing it in this space. Um, Definitely make sure to follow her if you aren't already. Um, And I just really appreciate you. Um, I think your strength and your courage and your desire to, you know, share, um, and want this, uh, space in web three to move with integrity, it shows in your stance in terms of, you know, your comments in terms of the legality, as well as your thoughtful commentary that you share about business and also fashion and web three. So I feel like I got to know you better. And I really, really hope that I get to meet you in person, um, whether or not that's in New York or wherever it is. Um, but I just want to say thank you for sharing and giving us the privilege of knowing a little bit more about your story.
6: Thank you.
4: Well, Janie, first off, we need more of uh, of, of that this morning. Uh, and, and by the way, Steve, I remember when you told me that story initially. I've heard that story a few times on the, on the trademark thing. I'm blown away every time I hear it uh, because it just, like, I don't know. I, there's a lot I could say there. Um, but but Janie, with regards to what you just said, you know, this morning I listened on a space um, and I, and I, I contributed to, to Coffee with Captain um, to someone that just shocked me um, with almost the anti sentiment of what you just what you just delivered. Um, and I, I just it just kind of reminded me. Hearing you kind of say what you just said reminds me of why we're all here. Right. We're here for the tech. We're here for the, for the community that that's in, in, that also believes and thinks the way that we do. Um, and I think that that's really important that we don't forget why we all came here. Now, look, we all also know that, that a lot of people came here looking for wealth and, and looking to make money, and I'm not going to discount that. Um, but that's not the only reason, right? Uh, there are other reasons, especially when you remember when you first heard about the technology and understood it, it was kind of like this aha moment of, this is gonna change everything. Like at least I went through that personally. And then I then I immersed myself in it and I got to know the people in it and understood that there were a lot of people that thought the same way that I did. And I think that that's just critical for us to never forget, right? Because the, the problem with forgetting that and, and, and pivoting away from that is you start to get affected by the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of the space. And I think that that's just bad because then you become a crier of the moment. Right. And I just think that that's, that's, that's terrible. Cause this morning I literally heard somebody that was obviously down and I get it. Everybody goes through really tough um, times, but I've, I've heard the individuals speak 180 degrees opposite of this so many times that I was just, I was kind of blown away. Um, but almost like said, the space was just, I don't know, it was weird. Like almost like Web 3 is not good. It's bad. It's all going down. <laughs> um, and I just couldn't believe that. I had to push back on that. And I did. But hearing you say that reminds me of why I'm here. So that was really the point. What's up, Stacky?
2: No, the same thing. The same thing with me is like uh, actually not the same thing because I didn't come in this space thinking this was all going to change everything. I really didn't. I, came, I always come in pessimistic like this is the same shit. But, um, you know, it got to, to me, things things that test hardship and, and have those tests of hard times and still can stick around, that shows me right there, like, okay, this can change something. This is worth it. And this is going to survive. So, you know, uh, now that we're in this market and you see all the fluff and everything is gone now, right? I think now is really the time where you see what what it like the bones are you could see the bones now like you can all the fluff and all the meat is gone and now you see the bones and you see what everything is made of like what is what is it what it consists of so I think uh now you're seeing the build the people who are actually building real shit here um I'm talking about real stuff I'm not even just talking about PFPs I'm talking about uh actual technology that's going to take us forward 20 years 100 years you know, I shared a post earlier about uh, how a friend of mine is building AR technology uh, inside of buildings, right? Infrastructure. And, and you know, I was talking to him about how he's going to, is he going to try to incorporate blockchain technology in within, like, the building and how what that looks like. I'm talking about like years into the future. You know what I'm saying? So that's, like, what I'm interested in. Like, that's the core for me. Like, where is this going to be in 20 years? Not right now. It's cute you know, but, but, uh, for, so for somebody to say, oh, this space is this and it's that, I mean, currently maybe it is, but I mean, I, i rather be around during the hard times and, uh, grow with something than than say, Hey, you know, oh, it's not cute. Right. It's not good right now because, you know, uh, it's looking a little ghetto out here, but, um, uh, <laughs> you know, you stick in through the hard times. And, and you but you see who's working and how hard people are working to build something and build technology and make sense of it all you know it makes me want to stay more it makes me want to work more and work with more more of the people who are here so and whoever said that yeah no they weren't going to make it anyway not going to make it
4: and and you know the difference between diamond uh and coal is actually just a matter of pressure right and and there is a line there. So I just think when when pressure goes up and these people want to fold their tents, I, that's just crazy to me. It's like, why did you get into this in the first place? Um, we're literally just scratching the surface. So I don't know. I just. Wait, stuck wait, out is, me.
2: Yeah, you said you said what about diamonds and coal?
3: Well, the difference between
4: diamond and coal is, is just a matter of pressure. And that's not... that that's that's
3: one. That's one of my faves. Like like somebody will be like, you'll be going into like an important presentation or something. I would always be like, no pressure, no diamonds. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's true. And then
2: I'll, then I'll make a Jay Z reference and say, you know, because pressure bust bust pipes, right? You know, and and yeah, but yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm gonna take
4: well, that. Well, it's look, it's I. You know, I always say I. This is something I said for a long time. There are two types of people in this world. When you apply pressure to them, some fold and some focus. And and I've always just been one that that focused. Um, and maybe it's because I've always been up against pressure. But to see people fold. In, in an industry like this, um, and look, everybody's got their own reasons. They got families, they got th- like, like, so I'm not going to say like, you know, you can't turn that around and I'm forever going to view you in a, through a specific lens, but yeah, yes. <laughs> but, um, I just, I don't know. Anyway, let's go to girl uh, in the verse. Well, well, sorry, sorry, yeah. Go ahead.
3: I'll, I, wanna, I was going to say, I want to let girl in the verse in here, but do uh, you said the two types of people thing? Some of my favorite uh, old school things that I used to use to twist people's brain into a pretzel is say, there's two types of people in this world. Those who put people into two nondescript large categories and those who don't. Which one are you? Because um, then it's sort of a paradox. But That's or amazing. like, <laughs> or, or you could do the things that, that if there's two things I'm good at, it's under delivering. But anyway, let's go to uh, Girl in the Verse.
9: Hey, everyone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Valerie bringing in the heat tonight. I was like, I'm getting ready for a girl's night that I haven't done in a long time. And, um, this week has been so, um, I've just been dealing with a lot of, you know, everything in this space, all the darkness. I'm just so happy that some of them have left so we can make room for some new people. Um, it's been really hard this week and I just want everyone to know that although I am here and I do some funny little snippets out online. It's not easy and it has not been easy for myself this week. There has been so much negative negativity. And um, I just, I, I really am with you, Valerie. I, I could never, you know, put myself, like I could never understand what you're going through because I, I am not going through it, but I am just, I want to extend my hand to you. Um, any Words of encouragement I can send your way. Any sort of prayer I can send your way, but also to everyone out there right now who is feeling any feelings right now. Um, I even wrote it in my newsletter this week because it's just been so negative. There's been so many pushbacks, but I will say I am so grateful for the people I've met in this space. Uh, and I, you know, I wrote in my like I have my newsletter open up here, and I and I wrote it. I typically spend more time online chatting in Twitter spaces than I do with my high school friends and I am I've entered this space because of magical people and I'm still here because of a lot of you in this space and I really do not take any of you for granted I appreciate each and every one of you Um, and I feel so lucky to have met each and every one of you some of you in real life some of you just online um and i just want to say we will we will hold this boat and we you know i am so i just i'm so grateful you know it's been very difficult but i keep reminding myself why i'm here and for a lot of us we're here because of each and every one of us you know web3 would not be possible if it wasn't for us in this space so thank you all so much i just wanted to say that because it's been just so difficult i love you all and i'll be uh, i'm here <laughs>
2: I love I love you too, girl. uh, you need to contact me if you're feeling bad. you know, you are my friend. uh if you're ever feeling bad, just don't feel like you can't talk to me. you know, I will for sure like I will talk to you. and uh you know, I do understand, you know that it could be hard out here too. but one thing about me is and I think I think this is good for people in this space. you know, surround yourself with people who will not lie to you. Who will tell you the truth even when it's fucking hard you know who will not kiss your ass because it's a lot of that going around too and surround, those are the real people the people who will tell you if you're going left like hey you're going left <laughs> you know if you're if you're doing something that's that's uh bad for you you know they'll tell you this is bad for you like you don't need to do that or you're spending too much time online or you need to get it together but you know, if you ever need support or anything from me, uh, feel free to reach out. Seriously. And that's Valerie, too. You know, I've I've known you for almost a year now. You know what I'm saying? So, I you know, reach out for sure. If you need some guidance, some help, not even guidance. I'm not even going to say guidance. You need to figure out how to clear your mind or, or how to decipher something or, or find some kind of de- direction. Yeah. You know, let's unscramble that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know... You got my support. What's up, Janie? What's up, Janie?
5: Hey, um, actually, I I wanted to comment on this because um, I think that I don't know if Etta's rug- rugging. I can't speak. Um, is rugging or not? Um, but I actually want to give some props to uh, Cap and Steve in um, DJ Network um, on a on a positive note here because I just want to say like this is what community is all about. Um, Etta connected with uh, Cap, who's actually a holder of Eyes of Fashion, and Etta um, is chief fashion officer over at Eyes Fashion. I see she's throwing up her heart, so I'll let her speak afterwards about the event um, that we threw with Isa Fashion, World of Women, and Maker's Place, and because Cap's daughter is a holder, um, her work was actually shown at this exhibition, right, and um we were also invited to speak uh, because of of Edda's, uh, you know, extension of, you know, getting Cap's uh, artwork on there and just his support um, and just being a male ally within the space, especially for women and non-binary, which is really important. Um, so we were on that Twitter spaces earlier this week. And I mean, you know, we have no problem speaking about the topics and the places that we feel safe. And I'm not saying that DJ Network is not. It's very welcoming. But um, it's also, you know, during my European um, startup working hours, so I definitely can't speak all the time, but I do try to keep it in the background and listen when I can. Um, But they've really for, you know, the magnitude and the growth that you guys have experienced and, you know, just the sheer number of people that are actually listening, you all have created. Um, Steve, Cat, DJ Network—a space as well where you know women, and we know you from Steve. Uh, you know this space, which is Fashion Fridays, um, and James was in there too. You made us feel comfortable to go up and speak in there, and so I just want to give you guys—you know—your props and your flowers because of what you're creating. And I know obviously that you both are girl dads too, um, but we just need. Uh, and the reason why I share that story is because the the friendships and girl in the verse, you were saying that too, and I respect you. I see the grind. Of content and everything that you're creating out there, we're on the mean streets of TikTok, um, getting weird comments sometimes. But um, you know, like we're still grinding it out there, and you know, we believe and we're passionate and we're sitting talking to our internet friends, looking at you know profile photos. Stacky has one. We're looking at Steve's board eight, um, Clubhouse archives, Colton Rain, and all these people. But you know, we love coming in here and chatting because. You know, we became an Internet family that we can meet in real life when there are events, but also when, you know, things get rough and we're trying to build because it definitely isn't easy, especially when your IRL friends and family are wondering, you know, why are you spending so much time on spaces or, you know, Stacky has kids um, in a family. And I know a lot of you guys do, too. Um, but we're here because we believe and we want to continue, you know, building in this space, bridging connections. Um, and I just want to share one thing is that um, I had the, the, the humble I was really humbled by this. I had an opportunity to um, interview Logic yesterday, um, who's an African-American artist, has a crazy come up. And I just was just in awe of like his hustle and his grind and shooting a shot. So if you don't know Logic, he does come into this space as well. Um, has just done some amazing work in terms of like art, and I learned some like new information about him because um, I got to interview him and ask him questions, you know, just like we did with Valerie. So I appreciate your vulnerability and just willingness to open up. But I think it's just absolutely amazing the stories that we hear on the internet, you know, throwing up our hearts and our our hundreds here um, in Twitter spaces. But there's real people behind these profiles, just like there's real people like. In real life, that you're meeting, and so sometimes, I mean, it's it's hard whether or not you're docster or not, or you're making content, or just trying to keep up with all the news. That everything is flying by in a nanosecond. So it's so important to have an outlet. like, Stacky, you put it together really well, someone who's going to guide and say, hey, you're going left, or someone who's going to say no, and who's going to, you know, really walk with you on this journey, and not just be, you know, a yes person, or, you know, want something, or want a piece of you, because I think, you know, even for myself, as I was coming in from a corporate career, and, you know, I came into these spaces, um, just because i got stuck in the us after being in asia for 10 years and i was going through a transition period but i remember every single person who helped me along that journey and who really hyped me up to pursue you know what i wanted to during that time and i think it's those people who are with you on that come up i mean and I think uh Julian or logic put it really well. Like he wants to open the door so he can bring his homies through. That's a direct quote from him, but like we wanna bring our friends on this journey with us. Like no one wants to sit at a table by themselves. We wanna sit at a table and make more space and bring more chairs onto that table so that it can expand and we can allow opportunities. So if an opportunity comes, you know, someone's way, they can't take it. Hey, I got five other people that you should talk to. Let's keep the ball rolling and keep it within, you know, people that we know are going to, you know, be able to deliver and to do things like I've, given um job opportunities to other people and saying hey i don't think i'm ready for the job but i'm gonna introduce you to so and so and i think that they would be a great fit and that's what we need to be doing it's not just about collecting our bag but it's how do we actually open the opportunity for other people and have them you know have a seat at the table because everyone is welcome
3: that's that's beautiful and i um I was kind of having this chuckle, and I—it's a beautiful story. And then I had this chuckle in the middle. I'm like, if you don't believe this is the group of friends who, who who will help you out when you're going sideways, just ask that dude from GQ last week. Ask him about that, and we'll let you know. We'll let you know when you're going sideways. Um,
2: He's with, coming back to next week.
3: I know. I and I appreciate. I said it this morning. I appreciate it. He came on and he stood in the pocket and took every single hit. So uh, shout out to him. That was good. But no, Janie, your your sentiment's so true. And I think like what like it's so interesting to me and I just kind of the way that I think a lot of the people on this stage are wired of not like like it's like why would you not want to bring like your friends along for the ride in some way shape or form like if you have something that happens that's really good to you how can you use that to sort of like pass the baton the next to the next person or um, you know I do it with some of my friends where it's like someone invites me on a podcast I'm like you should talk to one of my friends because that person is would be a really good guest and somebody who i really enjoy listening to their story and that story should be told and it helps the podcaster because they get another guest they get a warm intro to someone and you know my friend gets it's like so like things like that i think are just like easy like layup things you can do for people or you know even as simple as like you know this guy I actually i was on this podcast with this with with, with fans this guy who does like a you know who does uh nft 365 and like he um he has this whole thing where he's like, "It costs zero dollars, zero gas to like, retweet or comment on something that you think is good." And how often that like, it's one of the reasons I'm liberal. I actually have had people who have like larger followings than me be like, "Hey, man, you you retweet a lot. You could like screenshot or give your own commentary or do this or whatever." I'm like, I don't need to. Like, I would rather amplify the person who brought something valuable to my timeline, and I don't care if that matters for growth. It's like if you can like help somebody out, like even through like a simple retweet of something you read that you're like, huh, that, that, that brought me a little bit of joy. Um, it's, it's as simple as that. So I just think sometimes people miss sight of how easy it is to be kind and help people out and how much that can mean to people. Like, it's it's wild. And I I always say one of my favorite um, TED Talks, it's a TEDx talk from Toronto, and it's called Leading with Lollipops. And I recommend listening to it because it's really interesting. It's about everyday leadership. There's this amazing story about how there was a person who was like ready to quit college and you know wasn't going to sign up and she was at peace with that decision and then this guy came up and like somehow like convinced her to stay and like like it's a long story and I don't want to I don't want to not do it justice but he's like you know what's crazy about that he's like I don't even remember that moment he's like and I shouldn't it was significant in her life but this little thing I was doing just being goofy and being an idiot somehow changed the course of this person's life and they stayed and still went to school and then they met their husband and all these things happened here and they're like just by me being a little kind or a little weird and so like I don't know. Like it's just I think the point you make is like so true about like it's you don't have to it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. If you're just kind to someone or help someone out, it can it can make all the difference in the world. But um, I saw your hand fly up, so I wanna throw it back to you.
6: Hey, yeah, and I wanna like I wanna thank you guys just for, you know, hosting this room every single week and you know, you guys have fostered these relationships. You guys have created a space where everybody wants to come. We all feel comfortable. We all feel like this is a valuable place for us to, you know, spend our Fridays. Um, Where it's like, I people ask me like, oh, do you want to do this on Friday? And I'm like, honestly, I would rather sit at home on Twitter spaces. <laughs> it's like... Than hang out with my real life friends like there's a lot of times when that happens and I know that sounds silly but there's a lot of times where I choose to just hang out with you guys um, even if I'm just sitting in the listeners because a lot of times like I'm quiet and I don't I I don't know a lot of times I just like to listen Um, for some reason you guys are very comforting to me Um, I mean today especially like wow I can't even believe it really thank you. Um, I don't even know how to receive, like, words like this, so just thank you, Um, but I I just want to, like, throw you guys some kudos, and also, I I just want to say that uh, this does all relate to fashion, in that fashion is very collaborative, and without collaboration in fashion... um, you know, we would never have some of the the greatest successes. We would never have some of the greatest innovations. Um, and so, you know, when when people like Janie say this isn't right for me, but I recommended someone else. When when you guys say like, yeah, we we gave constructive criticism to this person, and and that's what it's all about. It's all about respectfully helping people. And and if everybody takes offense to everything, I think that that's really not how we're gonna get anywhere. But if you can respectfully um, have discourse where we're able to talk about different sides of an issue and we can argue, and it's always so positive where we can say, hey, like, this isn't what I think about something, but. Um, you know, we can always talk about both sides of the coin here. And I just really appreciate it, because it's always such a thoughtful discourse. And I always get value from it. I always see something that I hadn't seen before. And I think that it makes me a better person. I think it makes me a smarter person. And I just I think that I'm always around someone smarter in this room. Um, And I i i don't know like there's something about this group of people and i'm constantly meeting more people in this group which is great because you all have wonderful networks but i i just want to say that it all comes back to collaboration it all comes back to your network and um that's really what fashion is all about in real life in web3 and um just keep doing what you're doing so thank you
3: that's super well said. I, I find myself all thinking it's so funny how like these little sort of like micro divisions exist within all these different industries, because just like within fashion, within like tech or NFTs, there's like this group of really shitty actors that you'll see. And everybody can think of like one or two that they know. But then, they're, you know, when we just talked about like LV, we just talked about like what happens there and, and how shitty that can be. But then also then there's groups like this and it doesn't mean like, like one of the things I've been like pretty adamant about is that if it takes being a shitty person to win, then I don't want to win, but I just don't believe that. And so I think in a, in a room like this, it's like, you, you learn a lot about like, you know, what type of, you know, people you learn pretty quickly who the, who the, like, you know, where the sizzle and where the steak is. And it's not about like whether someone's like smart or good or whatever. It's about, you know, how you like, it's like a mentor of mine once made the comment, like, how you win is more important than winning and I, and I really really truly think that. so I think it's a really well said piece as far as like understanding like the importance of how you go about things and it's something I personally constantly assess and just to answer actually you know something Janie was saying earlier, it's like I'm grateful that for me uh, somebody who's like, I'm a cis white male, I'm full of blind spots. I'm constantly gonna fuck up and somebody's gonna be like this idiot and having people who are like willing to, have that level of patience at times when I maybe say something a little bit off or do something a little bit, you know, uh, you know, not realizing it. I remember like we, we had this discussion, the first NFT NYC, I had friends who were, you know, uh, you know, I, I have friends who were like people of color and they were like, you know, oh, it's like a bunch of white dudes. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I looked at all my pictures. I was like, oh, wow. I just don't know what it's like to walk into a room as, and think about it and say like, oh my God, I'm surrounded by a bunch of, and not that, and now I become, because of comments like that, I become more conscious of it. And you realize like how important it is to be an ally to someone who's in a diverse you know, scenario um, where they might not be as comfortable, understandably so. And so I just think like stuff like that is always helpful for, you know, people that there's also like patience and understanding when you don't have to be patient. Like, no one owes me an explanation. No one owes me like education, but people are willing to do it. And that's, that's something that like, I, I can't quantify how grateful that makes someone like me because it puts, you know, it just lets me, be better and and nobody like is obligated to do that. So I just, I don't know. I appreciate y'all for, for that equally. Like Janie when, you know, like, and that's one of the reasons we try to run an inclusive space. Cause I learn as much as anybody every single morning. And when someone talks about a lived experience that I can't relate to, it's like, it helps me then have a stronger conversation with another person. Maybe who looks like me, who hasn't had that lived experience and might make some, wrong comment where I'd be like well you know what actually that's not the case for everybody um so it just kind of empowers me so I I appreciate that Uh, right back at you Janie um very much Lucy I saw you I saw you jump up as well uh good to see you up here I know I saw you in in Laura's space uh last time we chatted uh how you doing tonight
10: oh hey Lucia how you doing darling I just want to say hello to everyone thank you so much for this space um I'm doing okay uh a little burnt out especially towards the end of the year. Um, I was doing a lot. Uh, So I've kind of just learned to step back. And then whenever I get opportunities, just send it over to other friends, other Latina artists that could exhibit. So everything that you're saying, Steve, about, you know, just paying it forward and not thinking that, having a, uh, like, a scarcity mindset. And that's something hard for me because I, as a Latina, as a Colombian-American, it's, you know, it's something that I'm still struggling with, this mindset of um, not being, you know, either not being enough, being someone that uh, hasn't always been welcome in certain rooms. Um, like, going back to my corporate life when I launched uh, Prime Video in Mexico, like, being the only Latina in a war room is intimidating but I I thank you and a lot of my white allies for being there sticking up for me and also listening to me when I complain about you know certain things I'm like well this is not the way my community does things or we shouldn't just copy and paste what Uh, the American model says that there's so much just little nuanced details that I feel like are left out and especially in the Latino community and web three a lot of things aren't translating translated things like that so I'm just I'm here to to listen to learn and to then to go back to my you know community and share opportunities with other Latina artists so I you know Laura is somebody i you know, met in, in person. So I've met a couple of people here in person. I met Leslie, actually invited Leslie to my parents' house for Sancocho. That was amazing. That was fun. And, you know, I'm just super fortunate. Like I, you know, last week um, I had the opportunity to collaborate with Tiffany and co go into one of their boutiques and do live sketching for their clients for Valentine's day. So I'm taking these opportunities, documenting them and then making sure that other artists have these opportunities as well like sharing my email prompts when it comes to how I interact with these brands how do I get these proposals like how do I reach out and um, yeah I'm just like super inspired by people that just give and I feel like a lot of people in this room are givers and have given me so much and have filled me up and I feel like this is, you know, something that a lot of the Latin community struggles with. Sometimes we have to pour back into ourselves. So I definitely have been stepping back a little bit from Web3 and not thinking I have to launch everything and anything right away. Um, And then really just exploring my love for like augmented reality and technology uh, and fashion. Like being able to go back to these uh, clients that I used to do live sketching events for like Chanel, DVF. And trying to start that back up and, and understanding it's okay to n- not always be present here on web three and it's okay to like have diverse streams of income. It's okay to just give yourself grace. Like I feel like a lot of people maybe in web three think that they have to be here twenty four seven, they have to be on twenty four seven. And I think um, the first thing we I I learned this year is I need to establish habits. That protect my my peace, my sanity, and my energy. Um, and not you don't have to always pour into like everybody else's cup, but pour into yourself first. And then if you if you can, go ahead and and pour into others. Because I feel like I really depleted myself towards the end of the year, and it's something like again, as a Latina, you learn you learn about how fast this space moves and. You don't want to miss out. And I feel like a lot of people FOMO into certain things. And I think it's, it's best, at least for me, to step back and support when I can. And then, you know, step back when I need to step back. So just want to say, I hope everybody is having a good Friday. And um, to take some time to do something that you love this weekend. If that is drawing, if that's listening to music, if that's even just doing nothing, do that. You know? so I'm
2: going out with my best friend uh, tomorrow for the first. I'm going to leave an outside yeah! of the house. And that's, that's funny? It's awesome. hilarious because I don't go anywhere. My best friend, I haven't seen her. Yo, I haven't seen my best friend in three years. We live in the same oh. damn. <laughs> that's how much I've been in Web three. But um, no, you mentioned you mentioned something about uh, I I know you said something about AR. We're gonna get to that in a second. But an important something important that you said, and this is this was the point I was making when I talk about. Uh, actual inclusivity, right, about people being on stage and how important it is to see somebody that looks like you and sounds like you on a stage. And and uh, because you, we make people comfortable to learn about these things. So when you see a whole stage full of white guys, it's like, I'm not, I don't want to be in that room. I don't understand your language. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you have a, a diverse community of people sitting on a stage, It's somebody in the audience that speaks like them. It's somebody that understands the words that are coming out of their mouth. It's somebody that feels comfortable enough to ask that person questions about the space, you know? So that's why it's important to have a diverse stage. It's important to to be around diverse people. And you also get different opinions and you get different perspectives um, and things like that. So
10: also one thing I want to add is like, applied to be a speaker on these stages even if it's all white if you see an all-white stage i told myself you know what i'm going to apply to nft nyc i'm going to apply to nft paris nft barcelona like everything anything that i saw i just went to the contact page and applied and i'm gonna be speak i'm gonna have a panel actually leslie will be in in the panel it's uh, latinas and web 3 and it's really not to have the spotlight on me, but really to talk about the women in Web3 that are actually doing such an incredible job of building up the community and giving back so much to us, like to like meeting Leslie in Miami, and and seeing that sometimes there are certain opportunities that were promised to us that are either cut out or something happens. Like I want to make sure that I provide those opportunities for other Latinas, especially when. You know, there's sometimes it's really hard when when things like that happen when you're cut when you're supposed to speak or something like that. I just want to make sure that I make room for my girls because I feel like there's a lot of people that have so much valuable things to say, and I just I've never been the, the person to look into a, like a all white bro room and say oh I don't you know I'm not gonna speak like I'm gonna say I'm 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 <laughs> like a troublemaker I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say what I have to say, uh-uh. uh, but. Yeah.
2: No, I want to go in the room because it's all white dudes in there. I'm like,
10: hey, hey, what's up? What's where's what's, the party at?
2: And if, yeah. and the funny thing is, and I come in here just like that, you know, because it is a thing in our communities where we feel like we need to code switch. It's a whole thing. Google code switching, right? Where we feel like we need to change the way we talk, behave, and everything because it's all these white people in here. So, you know, it's a it's fucking like a thing. Yes, that's a whole another space. Yes, that's a whole another space about how we pretend to be uh, something that we're not just to to fit into some your whatever narrative that you know, people paint us as, you know, paint you guys as, you know what I'm saying? So I, I come into rooms sounding like me and behaving like me because I I want you to get used to people who look like me. You need to get used to people who look like me, sound like me and things like, because we're here, you know, I don't, I shouldn't have to change who I am because to make you feel more comfortable, safe or whatever, we're here, you know, America is very diverse America is full of very different dialects, very different uh, hair textures, skin colors, clothes, different outfits. You know what I'm saying? So you should feel comfortable, you know, if I'm coming in there, very friendly. But still with my with my dialect, still with my body language, you know, from the neighborhood that I grew up that just so happened to be in America, you know. So, yeah, like i and I do encourage other people to sh- come as you are you should come as you are, you know, especially here on web three come as you are that should be, that should be a thing, a thing. that's
4: What's my up? new that's my new thing I've been pushing is is being unapologetically you um I think that's so and I've been doing this more more behind my own personal brand and, and logo, trying not to have a filter as much and and talk the way that I talk and be the way you know be who I am um and I've been actually trying to do that more intentionally, because I do think that that is also a problem, uh, especially when we're all, you know, we have PFPs and 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 whatnot. I, I really think that some people put filters on because they're afraid of cancel culture or what people might think of of something that you said. Or And I just, lately, I, I'm just almost anti that. So, you know, even the other day, like I said something, I kind of took it back and then I just said it. And it's funny, somebody called me out on stage for saying it. And then later I thought to myself, but that's what I wanted to say because it was an expression. like, And, and that's fine. That's okay. And if it offends somebody, hit me up, tell me it offended you, and we'll handle it like adults.
3: The person who uh, called you out, though, to be fair, I like him, but he says he says some wacky ass shit. That guy. No, so I know. Him, but for him, of point. all people, it was like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" Like, <laughs> but, but it
4: was. But it, but you know what though? I I told him I'm like I appreciate that touche. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get in an argument with him, but I'm not going to change the way that I speak to walk on eggshells. Mm-hmm. When it's funny, Janie came up. I love this. Janie came up and literally almost used the same expression twice. And I like I started eating popcorn because I was just like this is this is funny, um, but anyway, that, I, I didn't make James
2: James don't you apologize to nobody. The only reason I like half y'all up here is because you you're, you keep it you keep it real and you tell the truth. Y'all want people to lie to y'all. Y'all want people to come up here and, and tell oh yeah I don't say these words I don't do that I don't. They're lying to you. As Soon as they go home they go and do all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I rather you be you in front of me. That way I don't have to expect some, you won't be exposed for some crazy shit later on, okay? Like, I love those unapologetic people. And y'all have to start learning how to respect that. Well, not just, respect the truth.
3: I was gonna say, not just that, but like how you do things, like you're willing to do it to say like, I'm gonna bring my whole self to anywhere I go, which I think is so important. But what isn't so important about that is like, the reason to me, like, I think representation matters is because what I don't want is like someone like, my daughter or my friends or other people saying I can't because they don't. And seeing somebody, you know, seeing like, we so see you come up here and speak and apply to all the different stages seeing, um, you know, I have a friend, I won't say who it was cause I don't know if she wants to tell the story, but she got put in like what they thought was like a complimentary thing, like a female stage, but it was kind of a side stage. And she was like, I'm not speaking on this side stage and, you know, going to be this person who's kind of put into this box. And so I think that that it's just, it's very interesting, but representation matters so, so much because, you know, I, I think about, like, I, I've told this story before, but the conversation I had with my daughter when, well, you know, the presidential election happened and Kamala Harris was vice president. She's like, that means I could be vice president. I'm like, no, that means you can be president. And I think that it's important to like, for people to do that. And the other thing I think is like really good that nobody owes anybody, but it's actually extremely helpful is helping people understand the nuances of how your world exists versus how other people exist my my brother-in-law who is you know black when he leaves a grocery store in the self-checkout and gets checked on every fucking time and they don't check on me like that's a problem and people should know that when you know like people when I when I hear the story of my friend Tony and how he has to teach his kids to drive which when I'm teaching my kids to drive because he has to be worried about what happens when you get pulled over like that's a conversation that should be had and like people are almost afraid of those conversations. And what bothers me is like, I'll just call it what it is. I think it makes white people uncomfortable to have these conversations. And so they just try to avoid them or push them off to the side or try to give some reason that they shouldn't exist. And I'm not like demonizing, like it's not like all white people are evil. It's just, they don't know the difference. And I think when they get uncomfortable, a lot of them are like, oh, that's not my problem. It's like, well, guess what? Like it's a reality. And like, I find the, the, the part that makes me sad is it seems to be like, When I have friends who have a friend who's a person of color or a female or something and something bad happens to them, they're like, oh no, it's my friend. Now I get it. It's like, well, it shouldn't take that. Like, it should be as simple as like taking people at their fucking word. And like, I don't know, this has been like one of those subjects, like, especially when I was doing recruitment marketing stuff, when you start learning, like, Men apply if they meet 70% of the criteria. Women only apply if they hit 100%. And then you have to fight with your recruiters to pull back on preferred skills because you want to get a diverse pool. Or, you know, like, realizing that there's biases in your process or realizing, actually, you know, Stacky, the story you told about the stage when you're, like, an all-white stage. It's like, you know, it's like when there, when somebody – when we were trying to recruit getting more diversity into one of our offices at one point, and we're like, what's the problem? And then our diversity recruiter, Tony, the one who I mentioned who – um you know, talk to me about how he had to teach his kids how to drive differently when he goes to that office and he's like, well, you have this picture when I walk in of everyone who works here and it's, you know, 27 white dudes and there's no person of color. Like, why would, I'm not going to be able to bring someone in here because they're going to be uncomfortable with it. And like, those are very real, very uncomfortable conversations that are important to have. And it doesn't mean, and I think the misconception people have is like, people think that like giving people like validation and letting them feel heard if they're like uh you know a like you know person of color a woman whatever it may be a non-binary person you name it they somehow think that that's like them being attacked for being it's like they're projecting it's like no 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 no. this just means that we're understanding what the playing field is here and how we can improve it and kind of do it so, i don't know it's just like one of those things that gets me frustrated i know like i'll i'll shut up on that but like it gets me fired up but i just want to say make sure i said like you know people like uh, you know the people on this stage who do approach those stages like like thank you for setting examples for people like my daughter, very personal, or my friends to be able to say, you know what, I can do that too because I see this other person doing it. Um, that that like warmed my heart to see, so I appreciate y'all. All right, I
2: guess we can get to some hands because
3: you know.
4: I got you. Uh, who who was first here? Was it jo- was it Janie? I think Russia? it was Le- Leslie, Leslie. Leslie was next. Leslie, yeah. Come on in.
11: hello hello everybody steve i love that you tell your daughter no you can't be vice president you could be president i tell my daughter when she's trading stocks she tells me i'm gonna be a millionaire and i'm like no you're gonna be a billionaire but going back to lucia thankfully you're taking time for yourself and filling your cup because you are a giver and james you said about cancel culture cancel culture is freaking real and when i first entered the space too, one of the advice that Mary Beth also gave me a lot is, you know, protect your brand, build your brand, be yourself. And then when I was building my brand and going into spaces, sometimes, you know, you want to let loose a little bit because you're serious. You're trying to build a brand. And I would go in through all accounts, you know, to try to protect that. And Stax also got to get to know me. And she's like, Leslie, you have a sense of humor. You're funny as heck. Let people get to know your real you your real self and you know one of the things that I always say is like you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea or cup of coffee and vice versa and I'm like you know I'm saying that always but then I'm also protecting my image by going in with all accounts and being myself in those so when Stacky was like no be the real you let people get to know you. So when I started showing up with me myself, I started even getting DMs or tags and people telling me, you know, it's kind of refreshing to see you in a different light because I can have this persona of trying to be professional all the time. But sometimes, you know, we just want to have a little bit of fun. We do want to have Um, a different environment and let loose without having to always be constantly judged because we're trying to build something. And I mean, it's, it's the culture that we're living in. It's like everybody's watching you. Everybody's looking at every single move that you do. And when you're trying to protect yourself, it's like you're either dumb if you do, dumb if you don't. It is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. But at one point or another, what I've learned as I continue to grow is I'm going to show up as who I am, whether it's in the day, whether it's at night. And you either like me, you do. You like me if you don't. But I'm going to be okay with that because that's a you problem and not a me problem.
2: Yeah, fuck them and feed them beans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leslie, for sh- for real. like, uh, And I said that, too, when I came into this space, I mean, I came in as me. You're going to get me. And if you don't like me, then you can go somewhere else. Uh, I think cap. this is Cap's story about how all those damn no's. How many was it, Steve? Like 60,000 no's and like one yes?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He killed basically the entire Ohio State campus, which was like 50,000 people. And they would they would race to, a, his friend and him would race to get 100 no's first. And Stecky, I don't think, just one more time before we let go, I don't think you realize how inspiring the way you approach things is. And I just want to make sure you're appreciated or understand like, the example you set from how you approach things and how like that's not easy and so it just just so you understand like like not just leading this space but how you approach things and say you're gonna get all of me like that is a very very hard thing to do for anybody so like to be able to do that is just I think really awesome so I just want to make sure I said that um as we keep going you know going downhand so you're you're the best but I think I think we had Meef's, uh, Lucia, Janie, and then uh, uh, Empress jumped on stage as well. So, Mies, I think you're next.
12: Come as you are, as you were,
1: as I want you to be.
12: Hey, what's going on, y'all? Man, like, there, there's so many.
1: Me no, didn't just do I that. Had
12: I, I had to. I didn't have, uh, you know, a Walkman or whatever available. So, I had to do it a cappella. But, um, No, dude, like y'all are saying a lot of salient uh, facts today, and there's a lot of power in being seen. I think the biggest, you know, um, sort of critique that we have as uh, quote-unquote colored people, um, you know, in the modern world is that we're not seen. And that is also reproduced through a number of other people's stories where, you know, they either feel objectified, not seen, or not considered, or, or even worse, you know? So just being seen itself, you know, like I, I tell people um, that the reason why you do like a head nod to somebody when, you know, you're walking down the street or whatever, is because that's a silent way of communicating that I see you, you know, not that we're friends, not that we're buddy-buddy or whatever. But that I see you, I acknowledge your existence so many times in modern day living, um, you know, a person of color does not feel, they feel like a mannequin or worse. And so it's a weird sort of, you know, experience to have to deal with everything else that comes with being a human being, right? And then have to feel like you a goddamn mannequin or a cardboard cutout or even worse that, you know, you're feared and desired at the same time, which is a very weird spot for anybody to be freaking put up into, but I necessarily didn't come to talk about uh, all that. Um, I wanted to just kind of echo some of the thoughts that I was hearing on stage and as well, you know, say that um, a lot of what is done in terms of that whole seeing and being seen type of deal, um, even though it kind of gets bastardized into clout culture and turned in, you know, to that whole facade, there's power in what you do. So like, what was it the other day? Stacker was reading that poem. That got me fired up, dude. That was, that was for real. That was like what I needed to hear. It was like the right time, right place, right moment, all that. And um, I just, I don't know. I almost felt wrong even hearing it for free. Like I was like, what, can I be paying or something? Like, (laughs) Is there some sort of value prop that's supposed to be going on here? Like, what's up? But um, there's just power in being yourself. And you already know if you got something to bring to the table or if you don't. And if you don't, build yourself up. You know, because everybody, nobody comes to the earth empty. Even the worst of us. Somebody has something to kind of bring to this table here. But nonetheless, um, I just want to say that there is power in being seen. And it's not always up to you to necessarily resolve all of the woes and the worries of the world you know that can be done whenever but just simply being there for a person or some you know understanding where they're coming from that's monumental you know because so often that doesn't happen um and i guess you know i'll leave it there
2: me uh thank you so i wrote a poem called i am It's is a very angry poem but it came from a place of You know, basically, you know, I have some haters out there, some people who hate on me, but you know, uh, just relentlessly too stalkers, basically. So it was about my poem was about that, and I actually had a Twitter Spaces reading my poem, and that's what he's talking about. But me, you mentioned something about living in, you know, how black people, you know, feel unseen, or even people of color, because it can apply, you know, feel feeling unseen, or you know, just giving a head nod, which is like something that we did if you're in the room for all white people you see another black person you nod your head like I see you there you know it's it's a fuck. it's a real thing and it's subconscious to the point where you know it's subconscious to the point where it's like I see you you know it's all right we good here you know it's safe you know I got you if something happens <laughs> type situation and I, I don't mean to be super nerd but I always talk about W.E.B. Dubois when it comes to the idea of double consciousness and two-ness, right? And living in two different having to navigate a world that you feel like doesn't fit you, right? Having a being being um being a person of color and in a in a in a world that doesn't feel like it's it's made for you and it's for you. So that way when you you step into uh, kind of another form of reality, uh, you have to step outside yourself, right? and and it's the same thing the same thing goes to uh the point of um you know code switching for example you have to step outside yourself to exist right uh you you can't show who you are um because of fear of you losing your job or fear of you know you getting killed or fear of you know something happening to you and uh that's called double consciousness and twoness right Um, A lot of people go through that now, but back then it was coined by W.B. E.B. DeWine. And and, um, he I think the book, uh, the book was called The Souls of Black Folk. If you want to check it out, it's a really good book. But, um, you know, he talks about double consciousness and how how it feels to exist in a world that you feel like is not for you. And uh, and and how you people we separate ourselves from ourselves to to exist in the world in that world crazy oh my god we're getting so deep in here it's fashion friday everybody
5: (laughs) all right so who was next hey if you don't mind i'm just gonna jump in because i I do have to go to dinner um but man it is fashion friday's but we still family, okay? It's, it's an F. <laughs> so at least if we're doing that alliteration, then at least it, you know, goes along with it. But um, Leslie, I mean, Lucia, uh, Mies, um, Stacky, obviously, um, even Steve, I didn't know some of that in terms of your story as well. Um, I appreciate all of you guys for sharing. And um, I think it's important to have these conversations and important to see, you know, the people who look like us, also the people who don't look like us and make sure to make space for them at the table. Um, And I just want to end on this note to relate it back to fashion, which was um, because it is fashion Friday, (laughs) Um, which is like the industry, right? Um, While I worked there, I had times where I literally had to either password protect my documents or save another copy on my desktop because people would straight up go in there and literally F with your stuff So you would walk into a presentation next day and be like, what the F just happened? Because people didn't want you to be great for whatever reason. They thought that you didn't deserve to sit there. And even if you were bringing value um, and I mean, I've been in so many meetings where literally an idea, and I remember I was sharing this story um, yesterday with Logic after we got off the call. Um, or my interview. And I said to him, you know, I interned at an agency once, and I was sitting at a table. And I was the lowly intern at the time. And I was taking notes. And I remember, um, there was a female who was an assistant account executive, she shared her idea. And it was freaking dope. And nobody responded to her. And I was like, Okay, what's going on? And then literally the next moment, this guy said the same thing paraphrased her idea and it was touted as like the best thing ever and I was like are you for real like this is this was my first taste as a college student just realizing like holy smokes I mean a lot of it is not based on your value it's not based on what you bring to the table sometimes it's about um, you know where you came from what you look like you know what connections you have you know did You know, someone that you know, your dad is friends with the CEO, you got that position. I mean, there's a lot of different things and factors at play. But I mean, I just want to say, like going back to what James said, like I remind myself every day, like, why am I here grinding away? I want the come up story, not just for myself, but freaking every single person. And like, we're out here. And again, um, they're talking on Twitter spaces versus hanging out IRL. I mean, there's a reason why we're all here. and We want to make a difference. So um, I just want to say much love to all of you guys, every single one of you. Remember your worth. Remember your value. It doesn't matter if your parents or someone told you that you weren't good enough, you are good enough, and you're out here. You know what? Prove them wrong. Use that negativity to fuel yourself, to go hard, and to go home with something to show for it. Like, you get the receipts, you show them the receipts. They can't say anything about anything when you show them the receipt so keep on grinding keep up that hustle take care of your mental health Um, even though we're sitting here on twitter spaces on a friday night but i just want to shout out say stacky steve james appreciate you for hosting this space holding it down every friday fashion friday appreciate every single one of you and i'm super thankful um, that i was able to get to meet um you know many of you um in miami and i hope that we can meet Each other again soon. So, on that note, on my motivational hype squad talk, I will exit stage right and just say, Have a wonderful evening.
3: (laughs) Appreciate you, Janie. I am actually getting ready to go, as I mentioned, uh, birthday dinner for my wife's birthday. So, I am also going to sneak out here uh, out the back door, but I just appreciate the conversation. It is really awesome to be surrounded by people who are. Supportive, friendly, um, understanding, and just willing to share, and and I feel like, you know, the, the 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 people who are willing to give to others, right? I mean, like the amount of love that I think a lot of us get to feel in this space, and the safety we feel in. I mean, this is a recorded thing on Twitter, and yet we feel comfortable sharing with each other because we're in a room together uh, doing it. So appreciate everybody. Helping you know me and everybody else feel comfortable and, and conversations like this. Well, it's not necessarily our typical. We're not grilling the guy from GQ. We're not necessarily just having bourbon and talking about you know metaverse fashion. But I I, I like conversations like this when we have these from time to time because I think it's good for all of our. It seems like we all need it a little bit from a mental health perspective sometimes. And um, you know when you talk about mental health, I I don't practice what I preach very well, but. You know, there's a reason why when you're, you know, the airplane uh, masks pop out. They say put on yours before your kids, right? It's like fill your own cup, take care of yourself, and um, I'm gonna go do that with a couple glasses of wine and, and uh, some good food now with uh, with the wife. So appreciate everybody here, and we will. Uh, can't wait till next week.
4: Enjoy, brother, I, I, and and send send regards. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't express enough how important what Steve just said was for me personally. Um and he's definitely right in terms of I think what we're all kinda feeling as of lately and Girl in the verse said that earlier as well. Empress, go ahead and get on in here.
2: I can't hear her. I can't hear her. I can't hear her either.
4: I thought maybe I was like oh, did no, I? <laughs> go down no,
2: my ears. Ears. Come, go down and come back up.
4: Yeah, Empress is going to have to drop. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, Lu- Lucia's hand just went up, so go ahead.
10: <laughs> What's up, Lucia? Hey, I just wanted Empress to go ahead of me because, you know, I already spoke. So as she's coming back up, I just wanted to point out, um, like, being able to see yourself represented, it's such a beautiful thing. But providing that representation is even more beautiful. I remember last year when I did the collaboration with Corbell and Latinas in Tech, I illustrated 30 women in STEM, uh, 30 Latinas in STEM. And one of my friends like called me right after the exhibition, after she left Spatial. And she said her daughter, who's Afro-Latina, half Mexican, half Black, saw herself in one of the the paintings. And it just like it made me cry. I was like, that's why I do what I do. That's the reason why I create. So other generations, future generations, don't have to go through the things I went through in corporate um, and know that they are worthy. They are, you know, they're seen and they're celebrated. And I mean, that's, to me, that's always going to be my why in Web3 and Web2. And I think that's that's the key. Like, find your why. Find why, what is it that you're passionate about? Why you want to create? Why you want to cre- like make content or jump on a twitter space and a lot of a lot of the universe i think conspires with you to bring you those types of projects so with that i want to say good night to everyone i'm going to jump down to listener to just give someone else the opportunity to be on stage so just want to give everyone a big hug and just know that you are worthy that you are capable and it might take a little bit of time but you you know you got this so with that, sending you all a big hug. Happy Friday.
2: Smooches, great having you up here. I appreciate you. Thank you, Empress. What's up, darling?
1: Can you hear me?
7: Yes. Hi. Um, so weird. I came in to thank you. Um, and then I got slapped with a uh, perspective as well. So I love that. Um, because the thing is, for those of you who don't know, some scandalous revenge porn was released about me and Stacky hopped into my comments and was like, you don't need to disappear. And it made my day. And, um, it helps to be seen, especially from another woman in those scenarios. You know, Uh, it's hard to believe that happened in this day and age, but it did happen. But at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to everyone and I'm like, Yeah, I'm still a white bitch, though. Like, that was one instance, and that's one thing that I got to overcome. But I know y'all walk a very different path daily. So it's never the trauma Olympics. I get that. But it does give me a little bit of perspective of, like, what it's like to have like this moment of having to walk a different path and, and overcome it versus like every day having something that you might have to consider. So I thank you for the perspective as well.
2: Let me, let me tell you something. Your trauma is valid. Like it don't matter what color you are. You get what I'm saying. It don't like you experienced something that was traumatic. It's, it's valid. I I've worked with, uh, I've worked with abused women. I've worked with, um, all different types of women, you know, um, people who've been through some serious things, some sex workers and all that. Like I've, I've been around a, a, just a plethora, like from a different type of women. And I can tell you that, I mean, trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter what, how much money you had. It doesn't matter, you know, like how l- the least amount of money you had. If you experienced something that was traumatic, uh, you're going to, you're going to be hurt by it. But I just wanted to let you know that, first of all, that was wrong, A- and and a lot of people, uh, you know, can be really nasty online. And two, you know, you, you don't need to go. You don't need to go anywhere. If you need to go, it's because you feel like this is overwhelming or you feel that way. But you don't need to leave. Like those people, whoever they were, you know, they weren't for you. But this is the World Wide Web. It's huge. You know, if you have some goals in mind and you, you keep it ticking keep it moving. Turn this bad situation into something great. You know what I'm saying? Like use use this terrible situation to and and say, "Hey, you know, fuck that. I'm a, I'm going a to keep pushing even harder." You know? So those and those are the moments like like me and James were saying earlier that define who you are as a person. You know, you don't need to give up. You can keep going. So I'm glad to have helped you. I didn't even know. I just was just just letting you know that hey, you don't need
7: to go anywhere. You don't, so. It matters, yeah. it, it matters. Sometimes, I mean, it, you're a person that I think a lot of people admire that have voice and have status and you carry yourself with poise and that's that's not a word that gets thrown around a lot anymore, but I'm old, so everybody can deal with it. But So seeing that was just hugely validating and it gave me a lot of strength. So I just came in to, to thank you for that uh, because I think that it was just really cool of you and I appreciate it. Oh,
2: <laughs> it's <That's> just me. <laughs> that's just me. But, you know, and I see things like that. And, you know, like I said, uh, against all odds. Right. You could you can beat the, those odds. Right. It's just I look at it like it's, you know, it's something that's traumatic to you. Yes. But you could turn it around. It You know, that's not the end. You know, um, it's not the end all be all. It may not even be the worst thing you ever experienced you get what i'm saying and if you ever experience anything hard in your life then you know if you you here now you know you go over you overcome that then you can you can live through anything whatever you've dealt with in the past so yeah just just keep it moving you know keep it pushing you know that'll be there but you'll you'll be okay guaranteed but you know just hang around you can hang around uh you know i'm here you know, there's other women in this space that, that are here. And, and I'm definitely not judgmental. It's a ton of people here who who aren't judgmental. You get what I'm saying, too. You know, uh, it's shit. To me, sex is normal. But, uh, you know, it's, it's some nerds out here. <laughs> Go ahead, Jenny. What's up, Jenny?
13: Well, hey, happy Friday, everyone. Uh, I've been uh, listening to all the Stories, uh, super, uh, inspirational. Um, you know, I know J- Janie already left. Um, but uh, I I feel for almost all of the the ladies in the house. Uh, all the stories they've shared. Uh, in terms of uh the gentlemen, um, I can also uh relate to as well. I just wanted to share two short uh, short uh, stories from. Uh, a corporate uh, perspective, uh, as most of the stories I've heard are more uh, personal. But as the Web three space uh, continues to grow, uh, I do believe a-, a lot of you, especially ladies, are, are going to walk the path uh, that I uh, had uh, walk uh, path uh, pass, uh, in-, in my career. Um, first short story. Obviously, being an Asian female in the corporate world, um, you can most ladies in here can assume uh, being in predominantly male dominated industry, especially I heard about white male uh, can clearly uh, see, uh, you know, uh, what I've gone through uh, from Wall Street, predominantly white male um, uh, dominate Wall Street, then venture capital. Uh, which is VCs, they're all white, okay? Um, Silicon Valley, all white, um, to even tech uh, and, and, and Web3, predominantly male. Uh, in the world of VCs, ladies, as you build your projects, okay, to the levels where you will start seeking funding, right? Uh, eventually, the space is going to get to that stage, Um, and you're a female founder, CEO, Uh, we're going to hear stories. The next stories you're going to share is how you, just like uh, Jaina mentioned how she was in some kind of meeting. Some lady uh, came out with some idea. She was brushed on the side. Uh, Some dude came up, uh, literally said exactly what she just said, but then he was praised, yada, yada. That story, I've heard, thousands of times in my lifetime and i was one i was that woman who who did that right so be prepared as this particular group i believe i've joined this group uh as much as i can because i'm quite busy a couple weeks ago um and um again i'm very bad with names uh clubhouse archives uh um, you know, uh, uh, was very welcoming. And of course, uh, Stacky, you're always very welcoming. Uh, when we were talking about the Birkins uh, IP situation, uh, that was when I first joined and I kind of uh, recognized a few names. I literally follow everybody. Um, so it, so the reason why I share that story is that eventually, of course, uh, I would love to see everyone in here grow your project Uh, female or men in here as your ceo of your project to the point where you can raise capital right when you're at that stage you will see why within the last six to seven years in the world of capital only two percent two one two two percent of all of the funding globally goes to women and i've been counting the years that we could go to 5% or even double digits, it's been eight years that's been stuck at 2%. Forget about being African-American. Forget about being Asian. If you're a woman, you're already down there, okay, 2%. Now, that's one story, okay? So be prepared. It's not going to get any easier. It's going to get tougher as you grow your business. That's number one. Number two was I recently learned it within the last, I would say two years, okay? So my company was acquired, right? I'm super outspoken. I'm super active. Everybody can Google me, but knock on wood, I don't have a black mark against me, okay? So I was acquired by this company, and so they already built a community, you know, Discord or whatever the case may be. I'm not gonna mention any names. And when I came in, Okay, um, I was introduced to this community. I was literally, I came in from left field. They don't know me. I don't know them. But because I was a choir, I was a part of this management team. I was literally creamed, okay, by these people in the community who didn't even know who the fuck I was. If I was nice or if I was mean, they don't even bother to check your fucking background you know uh, they lit they would start out as a hater and from there on it just literally grew like wildfire and then i remember i say i ain't gonna put up with this shit okay so of course i created a discord because of that group and i deleted my discord because of that within a matter of days so my point is my point is here from a corporate perspective even, you know, that I built who I am, say, for the last two decades, okay, sometimes in the world of social media, including communities that we're building, um, you're going to be hammered, okay? Now, how you react to being hammered like that is either breaks you You break yourself or you continue to strive forward, okay? Of course, I chose the path. Of course, I said, fuck with this shit. I don't give a shit who you guys are. You guys treat me like that without knowing who the fuck I am. Um, I don't need you to respect me, but at least before you trash somebody, learn about them first, okay? And so I wanted to share just those two short stories, because I feel, um, you know, the, the, the stories that, that, that were being shared in this room. And, 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 and I feel you, each one of you. Because I've been there, done that. My final thing, and hopefully, hopefully this is inspirational enough, that you will take in. That whenever you trip and fall, like I have, um, take this story and run with it. And that story is connected to Rihanna. Yes, Rihanna, the singer, the billionaire, the one who got beat up by, uh, by uh, what's his name, Brown? What's his name? I don't even bother remembering his name, but her ex, her first boyfriend, who kind of, um, 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 the rapper, who kind of like, you literally smacked the heck out of her. And- I think you're referring to the R&B
8: singer, Chris. That
13: is correct, yes. Uh, that's my my most horrible traits is remembering names. So, um, so Chris Brown. So imagine, ladies, you are Rihanna, right? When she was in her twenties, she was blown out in the media by being beaten by her now ex boyfriend, right? She didn't stop there. She was the face of literally every single major fashion brands from Dior. I think of uh, Valentino, you name it. And she had built a number of fail, F-A-I-L-E-D, fail ideas from perfumes to whatever. And I wouldn't doubt as well that being African-American that she is, she probably faced the same thing that I face, if not worse. Okay? But guess where she's at? She's a self made fucking billionaire she doesn't give a fuck right because how I see it and and she is so inspirational to me and I read about her every day of course she recently was the main soul singer at the Super Bowl I felt that it was her concert that there was a Super Bowl you know, halftime is. It wasn't the uh, the Super Bowl that she was singing for halftime. I heard that she didn't even get paid for that, and she didn't give a fuck, right? Because she's Rihanna, and she's a billionaire. She doesn't need to get paid, right? So my thing is this way, right? Is that, ladies, we're just getting started in Web three, okay? All of the stories that you share in here is just the beginning okay you know bind together you know connect together especially if you are a female founder trust each other okay uh protect each other support each other because once when you can scale your product to the level that you can you would need to seek funding to grow like the 90 8% 8% of the men out there who, who got all of the funding for the last eight years, that's how they became billionaires, like FTX, Sam bankman fried guys like him would get the money, but not women, founders. You're going to need support. I've been there, done that. I feel it. I felt it. But that doesn't stop me. It didn't stop Rihanna. And the conclusion to Rihanna, to those who do not know this story yet, the reason how she became a billionaire is because uh, 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 she's been connected with uh, Bernard Arnault, of course, the richest man in the world. Uh, Miss, I call him Mr. Louis Vuitton, okay? Um, and so they knew each other from, you know, he, she was representing him for the Yor and stuff. So when she launched Fenty, right, Fenty, she owns 50, 50% with him. I guess she went to him. He already knew her, so he knew her, qualities he knew her what she can or cannot do he made a bet on her so right now every single items that is being sold through the Fenty brand Rihanna takes home 50 percent and Mr. Louis Vuitton uh, Bernard Annult takes home 50 percent so it's possible okay so keep the story about Rihanna If you need inspiration, especially the ladies in the house, read about her whenever you're down. Dig out. Read about Rihanna. Listen to her freaking badass music. And uh, it should get you right back up and say, you know what? If Rihanna, if Riri can do it, any fucking female person in here, okay, you can do it. Okay, so I just wanted to share that because I feel each one of you ladies in here, I've been through it, I walk it, I walk that path, uh, I've tasted the tears, I've, I've felt the pain, okay, um, and, and I'm just a little bit ahead of, of most of you ladies in here, um, so that's why I just wanted to hop in and share, and so thank you very much, uh, Stack, uh, Clubhouse, uh, Archives, um, for giving me uh, a couple minutes there to share the story, so uh, I've been grateful to be a part of this uh, uh, group every Friday, and uh, and I love it. Uh, thank you so much.
4: Appreciate you, Jenny. By the way, it's um, my name is James. I think last time uh, I don't even know if I told you that. Um, typically, I, I uh, in other spaces I'll be behind my my own personal. Uh, PFP or brand, but um, yeah, so sorry that uh, I maybe didn't say that last time, and I'm also terrible with names, Um, but thank you for sharing that. I really do appreciate that, uh, along with everybody else that shared today. Um, Stacky, I do know at the top of the hour, I will probably have to head out to dinner, but we do have Matthew uh, here as well. Mr. Matthew, first off, happy Friday. I cannot go without hearing your voice and uh i actually spoke to bruce earlier today um are you in a place to where you can talk
14: i'm alive i'm present i can talk how is everyone happy fashion friday everyone such a lovely lovely day i am well how was your week sir not dead yet still kicking been watching all the fashion shows out of paris and london it's been an interesting season i have to
4: say did you uh, did
14: you see what Vivian Tam did
4: with the Metaverse thing?
14: No, I haven't seen it yet.
4: So apparently she did like a dual show where you can watch, uh, obviously, if you were there, and then you could watch from the Metaverse, and supposedly it was pretty hyper-realistic, or at least that's what they said, um, but I have not seen. So I was just curious if you had seen and or heard anything about that.
14: It's on my list of things to check out. It's I haven't caught on that one yet. I was just watching recently Diesel and um, Burberry, which, interesting. Interesting.
4: Interesting good or interesting bad?
14: I don't know. I I don't know yet. I I think the Burberry rebrand is, like, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence about it. I think it's beautifully executed. I just don't really know what the heritage, how it sits in that space. But I don't know. I'm interested to see where that goes. And then... As far as a lot of the other collections, or Diesel specifically, Diesel was doing some really interesting things. I know they did that collaboration with AI and had someone show up on the runway, and there were some really interesting influencers there, too, that kind of added a lot of vibe to it. But the collection overall, I mean, it's fun. I know I can't fit in any of those sheer little numbers, but, you know, maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll try.
4: Well, I did want to talk about one thing before we go, uh, only because I was hitting up stats uh, about this earlier today. Um, Apparently, Apple glasses have a date, a price, um, and and news now of of like, it's approaching. And I got my first glimpse of some concept art of this. And I was actually, um, it reminded me of this space, because we talked so many times about AR and how or at least from my personal perspective, I said, I thought it was gonna change retail forever. And all it needed, and I think some others contributed to this conversation, was to be wearable, right? To be something that you could actually get away with wearing and not feel like you're walking around in public, you know, looking like an asshole. And from what I can see, Apple's actually gonna pull that off if they do look like what I believe they're gonna look like. And if that's the case, I really think that this is going to be a bit of a paradigm shift in terms of how we see brands adopt AR technology the way that we've been talking about, because they'll realize that consumers are going to be walking around with these glasses um, and all of the new possibilities now that that opens up in terms of them being able to advertise and create crazy types of engagement um in places that used to be dead like malls and stores um that were uh perhaps less trafficked because they've become stagnant for a variety of reasons so stacky you said you had some alpha on this here's my only thing oh my goodness three thousand dollars come on that's gonna be
1: tough
2: yeah you know how you know how technology starts off it starts off pretty high and then they start to taper out at more um The more people purchase it that's usually how it works but uh yeah for sure apple so a friend of mine again the same friend i talk about all the time who deals in infrastructure went to uh uh dubai i think it was he he was at dubai and he, he called me and was like hey apple's coming out with new glasses this was like three months like two three months ago and he started telling me about how how they are even talking about having the glasses replace the phones so, we'll see how that works out. I think I even talked about it here. But uh, they they talked about how they uh, potentially will stop making iPhones and have these glasses as basically your phone in the future. So, uh, I, I was very intrigued by it. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I can't see. I personally, because we like to hold things in our hand, can't see the glasses thing yet. You know, um, but I mean, we'll we'll see where it goes. But yeah, the alpha I had was they were planning on like getting rid of the phone, like all that's... together, and just make the glasses.
4: I, I don't, I don't know if that's possible.
2: If that's just my like. I don't. That means everybody's
4: mm-hmm. got to start wearing glasses. I just, I, and hey, you know what though. <laughs> that's one of those statements that you say that, and then fucking five years from now, everybody's wearing glasses. And then they got it.
2: So. so the person I'm talking to has actually technology, uh, the chip. one of the people building the chip technology. You know what I'm talking about, the uh, <laughs> spinal cord chip um, technology. So that's potentially something. Mm. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's where we're going. That's where we're headed. <laughs> so do you want to close us out on that note or...
4: Yeah, definitely I gotta I gotta run to uh to dinner. But look if you wanna hang behind you can. If you wanna I close am this going. Now,
2: I haven't gotta... back trouble and I'm, I'm right. done.
4: Um well money mom just popped up, so I we gotta we gotta say hello to money mom. Hi money mom.
2: Hey guys. I you know, I took like an eight hour nap. 'cause my, my baby's gone, so I'm wilding out over here. I don't like I you know, I might do something else, like um, eat cereal for dinner. I don't know what's going on. So you guys said are you leaving? <laughs> yeah,
4: we're about to we're about to tear out of here. You I, I mean You
2: just you just came to the restaurant when everyone was done it's eating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Nobody's gonna wear glasses. They're gonna make contacts. All right. Actually, you know what,
4: I read the the article that I read, you're actually 100% right. They are releasing the glasses and they said by 2030, they plan to have a lens, a contact lens. So you actually nailed that.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, my friend. I mean, he was over there in Dubai, at the, you know, talking to these people, you know, so uh, yeah. As someone who wears contacts on the daily, I hate them. it would be so great to not have to yeah. wear anything. No so, glasses, so I'm no allergic contacts. to. I have some eye issues, so contacts is like a problem for me. So that's that's going to be an issue. For well, sure. if you get the Neuralink chip planted in your brain, I'm sure that you can just not wear glasses or contact.
1: Yeah, that's what I was
2: just talking about. A so cyborg the technology. I was yeah, about. So if people just will yeah. be cyborgs and they'll be okay. Yeah, you and it doesn't have to be Neuralink. Because there's other technologies that oh, are coming gosh. out. Gosh, we know that you that know other brands, but you know what I. Was yeah. I can yes, have a have a great people don't know I got alpha alpha. Thanks, we out here. Thanks for saying people hi people. to me. I appreciate that. Hi Six. Hi hey six.
14: six. We can't what's, forget. What's up, what's up? I was just hi, coming to support, hi, just showing some love. I know y'all about to leave. I was about to shake. What's up, Stacky Club? How's Matthew? What's up, Leslie Mary? And I see you. My mom, what's going on? Stop fucking eating cereal and shit. Jenny over here, is, man, y'all doing a little too much. You don't have the kid for a couple of days. Now you're over there eating cereal with fucking pork. I just don't even know how to act on Friday. Fashion Fridays, you know. I'm very, I'm very fashionable today. I think I'm going to go outside and let them see me. They got to see me today. Like, I got to bless the world with my presence somewhere in one of these clubs. So, yeah. Um, I'll catch y'all later on in Spaces. And uh, you know what Post your
2: fashion six. Post your fashion of the day. Outfit of the day. places in Dallas? Gonna... If you looking for somewhere. N-
14: no, I'm not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not in we Dallas fan. She
2: talking about. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. How's of Fashion. Hey, you got your hand up? Let's let's hear from him, and then we could go. I know we we say, hey, let's hear from this person. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I know we were wrapping up, but I was just gonna comment on what James said about the glasses. I think that's extremely bullish for the ecosystem. Because we, especially considering fashion, right? If we look at what's going to be the earliest or easiest adoption for people, is it going to be really interacting in the metaverse and dressing up their digital character? Or is it going to be seeing augmented reality or filters on themselves, which is already a co- kind of a common practice with filters both on Snapchat and on Instagram is just making that connection that you can do with clothing and not just a filter on your face. So the fact that Apple does it And whenever Apple does a product, even when I think I'm not going to get it, it's not going to matter. I love my AirPods. I love my iPad and the pencil and the computer and the laptop and everything else I got in Apple. So very few companies do it like Apple. So I think this is extremely bullish for the space and one of the key drivers that can really create mass adoption.
4: I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm here for it. And I can't wait to see, uh, you know, the iterations because this is a, apparently Series One. Um, the price probably going to have to come down in order for adoption to happen the way that they would want. But to Stacky's point, um, this is always how it pops out, right? New tech comes out, it's like way overpriced, and then by Series Three, everybody's buying this thing. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited. Stacky, you, you want to close us down or do you want me to, to, to wind it? Bye. <laughs> okay, that answers that. Well, I do appreciate uh, everyone coming by. Um, Fashion Friday, we do run this uh, back every Friday at 5 p.m. EST. We appreciate each and every one of you. You could have chosen to do anything with your Friday, but you decided to spend your time with us uh, and we are i um, very appreciative of that fact. Uh, I hope everybody is with their family this weekend, with their friends this weekend, does something that um, they want to do for themselves as well. Go touch grass, touch snow, touch water, touch sand, whatever it is that you might do, um, but get away from this space uh, and go be you. Um, we will see you again next week. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Take care.
2: touch grass, touch ass.